0: hello this is arabella from rooster pr thank you for joining us this week it's been a bit of a momentous week but we've taken time out to chat to emma my colleague here at rooster hi arabella so we're here today to talk about setting up a press office many brands and businesses will be thinking about kicking off the new year perhaps with a brand new pr account lead they might be re-entering the the world of PR perhaps after a hiatus or they might be a startup brand who has never before entered the world of PR and looking for support so we're going to talk through what brands and businesses will need when setting up a press office account and how they can work with people like us here at Rooster Mm -hmm. to really hit the ground running to deliver great results as January starts so Emma, could you give us a bit of background about how you came to be in PR and what you, a press <laughs> office means to you? So I've been in
1: PR probably best part of 10 years now. I've worked in-house and also in agency here at Rooster. I did a student placement year where it was very much teas and coffees and photocopying. And back then we had to even measure the column inches of newspaper articles. So that was a very, oh, very long yeah. time ago. And we would spray mount pieces of coverage onto big boards and display them that way which is a world away from what we do now I
0: remember those days (laughs) very much it was getting the the ruler out to literally Mm -hmm. measure the -hmm. the number of words in an article to really understand the value of PR but Mm -hmm. aren't we pleased that it's really progressed, yes, and it's a bit different, um, and even more different as we head into a new decade. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, what press office means. Could you explain it in layman's terms to perhaps someone that is unfamiliar with the term or PR in general? Mm-hmm. Um, so, press office
1: is very much your bread and butter of everything that you do. It is having a great relationship with your with your PR, whether that's in house or, or externally through an agency, and just get letting them know and getting them to know your brand inside and out. It is taking inquiries. It is making journalist contacts. It is understanding the media, knowing what days of the week publications have supplements or online things come out. It is knowing everything about your sector, whether that's trade or national coverage or when broadcast shows are out. It It is very much the bread and butter of PR and public relations and comms itself.
0: A lot of people perhaps see big stunts and big campaigns Mm -hmm. as PR but actually what's going on behind Mm -hmm. the scenes and the the cogs that are turning and the hours that the team are putting in is fundamentally what we what we call a press office and that bread and butter action
1: it's an everyday thing and and news is 24 hours a day so your press office is virtually you know 24 hours it is like you say knowing those journalists it is tracking even when journalists move on from their job or they move to another publication it's making sure that your relationships are are fully up to speed it's making sure that you know your brand product have you launched a new product all of those things it is the everyday like you say, the things that we do that that people might not see the stunts you know those are the ones that get the big the kind splashes. of hero yeah, yeah the hero the claps and stuff from the industry, but it is the everyday it's the knowing the journalist, yeah seeing those opportunities news jacking where you can, or even trying to keep your clients out of of things crisis, knowing when to comment when not to comment or and and things like that
0: and here at rooster we we call it the never ending press office mm-hmm. because like you said news is 24-7 so many of the brands and the client our clients are 24-7 they're always on reaching out and engaging with their consumer and their, mm-hmm. their customers so we have to be there every step of the way to mm-hmm. ensure that they're brand positive mm-hmm. going yep. out with the right messages at the right time yep. and as you say while the creative stuff wins the awards they wouldn't win the awards without the press office nope. there to get it over the finishing line
1: yeah, and I think the uh, a good press office is always coming up with ideas um, that might not have been natural, or you might not have the news or the data to support it, but it needs to be a constant stream of messaging mm. about your client, about its products, about what it's thinking, about any new initiatives that it's doing, and looking for those opportunities and finding them and, and placing them and securing that coverage is- yeah vital
0: so you talked about this need for a constant drip feed of news but where do we start with an agency or a company or a brand that's never had pr before how do you start that drip drip of constant (laughs) press
1: so you you do start with a blank bit of paper but you're looking for uh, first of all you need the client to help you help them so you need to make sure that we're understanding a clear kind of concise summary of what the business is mm-hmm. what they do yeah. what their products are and really they are like kind of one lines if you can't summarize it in one line we need to keep going back and working through it and making sure that we we're, we're clear and exactly what it is that they're doing or where they're going or what they're hoping to achieve or who they help you know it's not always about a product that somebody can buy off the shelves or online you know we pr a, a multitude of things and it can be an event or initiative or a support of something and and but you need to know exactly what it is that you do very very clearly how, how you'd even tell somebody in the pub yeah. is probably the best way to think about it and when you've got your clear, concise summary of what you're doing, then that can help us with the messaging, working out your key messages, working out something that we call the boilerplate, which goes at the bottom of, of every press release and, and a lot of the communication that we have with journalists that tells people exactly what the business does. We then really, really need kind of imagery, logos assets things like that that can help us tell the story if you have any brand guidelines and these really are just kind of a package of things to provide us right from the get-go so before we've done anything we need to make sure that we've got all of that we understand your business
0: we need to be fully immersed we need to know your brand your product Mm -hmm. your issue your news what it means to your consumer Mm -hmm. your customer your target audience we need to know it as yeah. well as you do. Yeah. And for us to be able to sell it and promote yeah. it and yeah. pitch it and fundamentally build ambassadors within the press mm-hmm. who are then willing to give up yeah. their words, their columns, their inches mm-hmm. to talk about you. So we have to be as on board and as across yeah. and abreast of your brand and product.
1: as much as you are and there should be no scrimping on that section as well as frustrating as it might feel like oh we're x amount of days in and we haven't had any press coverage we have to be the ambassadors we have to pick up the phone we have to make a difficult call and if we're challenged by a journalist and we don't know and we don't have this bedrock of solid information that's been provided you know we can look like we don't know what we're talking about and we would never ever want that so taking this press office first hundred days or first ninety days or whatever, first couple of months, it is very, very important that we are fully immersed. Yeah. And we know and and kind of it can be warts and all as well. If you've had a bad experience with media, or with PR or or something didn't go very well or there was a brand or a product that you launched that didn't go very well, like tell us or that everything is confidential with us yeah. and there is nothing to worry about. We just need to know everything. Because if we pick up the phone to, you know, a very highly well regarded journalist who we think would be great for your product but we don't know a backstory. Yeah. You know, we just need you to help us out as well. Yeah, because
0: we can always rebuild that trust Mm -hmm. and rebuild that relationship and reintroduce a journalist to to a, a client or a brand or a product. But again, as you say, we need to know, oh, has that person had a any troubles w- mm-hmm. with the product in, in, in the past?
1: Yeah. Or is there industry issues around what you're yeah. doing? Is there new legislation that you need to make us aware of? You know, all of these things are really, really important. Mm. Is there something that's gonna be coming up that's quite interesting po- politically wise that it might be addressed or being spoken to about the house in the Houses of Commons or something? Do we need to know about that yeah. before we're pitching to journalists? You know, a lot of what we do is very timely and we'd hate to get that timing wrong, but you need to just see us as an extension of your business and inform us of everything mm. that you're uh, across so we can be across it as well.
0: Well, yeah. what, else, um, what <laughs> else do we need? Um, I think
1: it's really important that right from the get go that the two, the client and the agency or your new in-house PR person that you're really clear on what the target audience is. So there are there are hundreds of journalists but they don't all write or have interests on the same thing. So we need to make sure that we're talking to the right people. This might come down to some um, internal data you've done on who your client is, who your customer is, sorry. And um, whether you are target targeting people in certain areas of the country we need to be informed of that we need to be know who we're talking to is this a regional business that we're, we're looking at or is it something that is very trade focused that kind of thing mm. so working out who the target audience is and therefore which media we should be talking to yeah and who would want to write about the company
0: I think a lot of the time and perhaps clients aren't always aware or brands aren't always aware that there is might be an audience that mm-hmm. they don't know exist yet so they might have in mind right my consumer is 40 to 65 female affluent Mm -hmm. whatever that might be but actually we might be able to come along and say okay from our understanding there may be this new emerging consumer that you might not have thought of yet they need to introduce and embrace and accept new um audiences which i know a lot of brands are finding a bit of a challenge right now gen Z, in particular are Mm -hmm. such a perhaps challenging is not the right word changing audience Mm -hmm. they digest and perceive things in such a different yes. way compared to millennials, for example. Yeah. Um, so knowing the target audience yeah. is the next next big thing.
1: Yeah, and that helps you when you form your PR narratives. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are looking to target Gen Zers, you want short, sharp uh, nuggets of information.
0: Video content. Video,
1: something visual, something short, short for the attention span. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking at the kind of 65 plus or, or 50 plus or whatever, and you're looking for those national print um articles then maybe you have got time to be a little bit more explanatory in what you're mm. you're describing or something you know you can take a little bit more time because maybe the print uh, you know you managed to secure a print article that can give you that opportunity mm. but yeah you're right and and knowing that target audience and having a wider remit of uh, media that you're happy to speak to mm. means that we're not going to the same people or, or you know over and over yeah. again there's only so, so many, many times yes. the telegraph
0: will write about yeah. one brand yeah. over a course of a year in yeah. Unless it's something new. So you do need to be open to having your brand, your product, mm-hmm. your story shared across multiple platforms. Yeah, You need to be nimble, agile in who mm-hmm. you're willing to speak to. Otherwise, you'll become quite stagnant, I suppose. Yeah. And we may switch that journalist off.
1: Yeah. You know, and they might who might be in that role for another, you know, 3 or 4 years. And you want to be in with them and you want to make sure that you are providing with them with them with the best content. And so just by sending them same stories but sw- slightly tweaked isn't going to work for them. No. So and and also that comes back to the point we were just talking about. If your product is something that is lasts a long time or is a once in a lifetime thing that people do, then we do need to make sure the target audience is broad and and encapsulating everyone because there's only so many times people are going to book a once a lifetime incredible trip for instance and and read it in the telegraph but we need to make sure that we're talking to a lot of people
0: so we've talked about what we need to agree and outline before we kick it off we've immersed ourselves we've agreed our target audiences yeah so what do we do next?
1: We spend time talking to our key journalists and key media in the target sector that we've agreed and the audiences that we know we want to reach out to and talk to them very generally about the brand, who they are, of, of kind of putting a face to name or, or saying hello, saying hi. It can often just be a journalist might want to just hear that you've started working with someone or they've got a new product or something so you know there's nothing wrong with good old etiquette of just kind of saying hi opening the door we've got this we'd like to talk about or these are the Mm -hmm. subjects that we're that we're happy to add comment on i think it's very important to 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 kind of open that door between the journalists and the new pr whether it's in-house or agency yeah
0: And and i think there's lots of ways we do that we have historically either reached out to editors and invited or suggested perhaps a coffee Mm -hmm. with the client as well if perhaps if our client is consumer facing and wants to be the face of a brand we might set up interviews or just a quick Q&A and introductory coffee Mm -hmm. and breakfast with an editor so again they can hear from the horse's mouth this is who the brand is this is who I am and this is what we want to communicate to your target audience um, so that's one option or we as PRs go out directly mm-hmm. we'll, what we do and what we call um, a media mission so we'll outline first 90 days first 100 days we want to meet with 8 target press how we do that mm-hmm. may vary might be a coffee, it might be a quick lunch it might be a trade event um, Definitely. but we set that as a bit of a target with that we go prepared with our key messages that we've worked mm-hmm. with clients and brands on so that's yeah. another option for some brands if there's budget or there's kind of creative flair needed we do something called a desk drop so we'll send a nice gift or a product something new and exciting to a journalist that mm-hmm. will land on their desk so it's direct engagement with yeah. something new and some mostly that works well with products
1: yeah and i think it's worth saying you know from the get go that's not always a coverage driver no and yeah. and and it's not supposed to be in a way you know you're looking to open that door to start the brand awareness especially if it's a startup or a business just coming into the world of PR you know I think it's important that you do just raise that awareness yeah. rather it's than demand a hello. it's yeah, just a hello rather than just demanding coverage from the get go you might not have anything necessarily to talk about or yeah. anything not, not that you wouldn't have anything to talk about you, but you might not have anything an exclusive or uh, something new mm. um, to announce mm. to them but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't be interested in hearing about you and your ethos if that's important to you yeah. or where you're looking to go or you know what your goals and things you've got in mind for the next year or yeah. five years even yeah. so I think there would be very the journalists are very open to that but it shouldn't automatically be seen as that there will be press coverage that yeah. land from that
0: and it does pay off sometimes in the long run I know I could keep an eye out on um, news alerts if a journalist has moved from one mm-hmm. job to another I always reach out, drop them a quick note, congratulate them on their new job, and just give them a summary of a few of my clients that I think still might be relevant for them Mm -hmm. if they're still writing about something on the similar scope, whether it be travel, consumer. And I've seen that pay off tenfold, even if it's an email six months later, off that very same trail Mm -hmm. of emails that the journalist has filed away and saying, great, we mentioned this once six months ago, how can we pick this back up? So it does have value, not instantaneous return on investment. Yeah. But it does, and as you say at the very beginning, it's a courtesy, it's a kindness, mm-hmm. it's a polite hello. And it
1: yeah. does actually yeah. go, go a long way. I think we're, uh, we're all surprised, journalists, you know, as much as they get hundreds and thousands, thousands. of emails <laughs> that actually often they'll reply to something you sent months and months ago. And you yeah. think, oh, I, I would have been sure that would have gone in the bin, but mm-hmm. it didn't. And they yeah. filed it away and they've kept it until a time when they thought they needed it. And then they've cut, they know exactly who to come to and they can address it, address it by name yeah. and they feel comfortable coming back to you. And then you can jump right on that and secure that coverage from that
0: so there are often some expectations to be managed i suppose yeah we love it that clients are often enthusiastic and want to just run with it and go 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 and Mm -hmm. get all the content out let's send out a press release (laughs) about this 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 yeah and that's fantastic and actually we love the energy but we have to then be PR professionals and provide counsel and say, okay, well, if we were to go out of this story right now, there's minimal brand awareness, so it might not hit the mark. Yeah. So we do need to have a few baby steps. Mm-hmm. We do need to almost line you up, get our ducks in a row. And often we do that this by profiles. Yeah. So we'll give the brand a face, mm-hmm. a name. Yep. We might do a, a feature profile. We'll approach the FT, the times. Yeah. yeah or perhaps if it's in the property sector, Estates Gazette, Mm -hmm. Property Week. If it's travel, we'll go to TTG or Travel Weekly and say, look, this is is the brand, this is the product. We'd really like to put a face to a name.
1: Mm And I think, it, you know, choosing that spokesperson is also something we can give good counsel on as well. Mm. You might have somebody who has got the title that you think, but actually in uh, broadcast situations, they, they might not come across as well as you might think. Or and, and on the flip side, we can take somebody who's got a fantastic personality that comes across so well, and maybe just alter their title for media facing mm. opportunities. You know, we have brands where we might turn their job title into something that really resonates with the consumer instead yeah. of being kind of a very boring strategic job title we think it can work very very well to change them into director of sleep or director of cosiology or or things like that so i think it can work very well especially when it's tailored back to the brand and exactly what you're that you want that when we do these profile opportunities when we're trying to get a face to the name that it is somebody that resonates with the consumer or the target audience you know it doesn't have to be it can be the business side of things if that's what we're trying to target
0: yeah and we know that consumers trust And become ambassadors for a brand that does have personality, Mm -hmm. a human side to it, that that they can resonate with, that they can relate to before they then spend their precious money, which Mm -hmm. we know it to be, on that product or that experience.
1: And we can also provide media training. You know, that's something that we often do with clients right from the outset is make mm-hmm. sure they feel comfortable in front of a camera or being asked questions or on the radio or anything like that. You know, we've, we've media trained a lot of clients into making sure that they feel comfortable and they can get their key messages out because mm-hmm. often, you know, with a live recording, you get one shot yep. and you need to make sure that that lands and, you know, the PR is mm-hmm. there and they've written their list out little for script. you. The little yep. script. And then suddenly, <laughs> you know, it's, all, it's nerve-wracking being in front of people or a camera or a microphone and then, and then it can sometimes fall to pieces. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: Wow. Four tips. Yeah. <laughs> Four tips for the first 90 to 100 days. And they really are the golden days. It's, I wouldn't say make or break, but it is the first three months, the first quarter of the year that PR can really make a difference. And 90 then, days of conversations yeah. that then set you up for the rest of the year. It's just natural stepping stones. Would you yeah, agree? Absolutely. And it shouldn't be rushed
1: at all. Yeah. And, and making sure that your PR agency or your person in a house is fully immersed, that is money well spent. Yeah. 100%. So yeah. the first 90 to 100 days are very, very important, but it can be done so well yeah. if you immerse them. You know, maybe even send, if you're a, um, if, if this works for your, for your brand, send the PR agency back to floor. Get them immersed in what it is mm. that your brand is or making the product or yep. doing the service or whatever it is and, and really immerse them and spend that time so they can understand it so they can sell your so business. So they can be the
0: customer. They yeah. can be your consumer and they yeah. can actually experience you firsthand. That's really important. Yeah, I feel I should add as a any good PR that while we have talked about the first 90 days and, and 100 days, we do appreciate that there is often a brand or product out there that needs to make Things happen quick. Mm-hmm. So we can definitely condense that 90 days into two weeks if we have to. Absolutely. If we're up against it, you turn it around, you just yep. do it. Yeah. Um, these are more for the, those that are longer term building on months Mm -hmm. and months of press communications um, yeah but definitely for those quick ones it can be done in a tighter turnaround it has yeah it can be and it has has been been done yeah (laughs) well thank you very much for your words of wisdom today emma we really appreciate it thank you also for taking the time to listen to us it's the rooster we are pr official podcast it's been really great speaking with emma and talking to you about a press office we really hope that your january pr kicks off really well please reach out to us if If you are looking for any PR representation or just want some advice on how to get things going we're always happy to help stay tuned to new episodes of we are PR you can find us on all good podcast platforms by searching we are PR thank you